Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. Any thoughts, questions, recommendations, feel free to email me at josh at MyFirstSketch.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. You can like the podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. And it'd be really cool if you rate it five stars and leave a review on whatever platform you get the podcast. This is the week. Philly Sketch Fest is happening this weekend. Live shows on Friday and Saturday, October 21st and the 22nd with acts from Philadelphia, Chicago, Virginia, Greensboro, North Carolina, Washington, D.C., New York City, and Toronto. Three shows both nights, 7, 8, 30, and 10. And then a virtual film festival live on Facebook on Sunday, October 23rd. We had to keep the film festival virtual this year because all the theaters that we've used in the past are hosting the Philadelphia Film Festival. But if you like funny short films, watch our festival for free on Facebook. Tickets and more information are available at phillysketchfest.com. It's going to be a great weekend. Today's guest is Sean Cantatori, currently a member of Bring Your Own Bob and a musical comedian. Sean is coming to Philly Sketch Fest Friday, October 21st in the 10 p.m. block. It's our musical block along with Joe Moore's exploding Halloween garage. For tickets and more information, head to phillysketchfest.com. Sean's first sketch is called Glutes and Cores. Sean plays herself and reads the visual information, and I read the roles of the fitness instructor and the wedding officiant. All right, so let's get to the sketch. Interior, gym. A workout class is doing squats in the background. Yes, ladies, engage those glutes. Engage that core. Work it. Engage. 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 My glutes and my core are engaged. My glutes and my core are engaged. My glutes and my core are engaged. Sean is me, walks into the spotlight as the class continues with their squats. She has a realization. My glutes and my core are engaged to be married in spring. Wedding bells play. I rip away sweatpants to reveal the suit on my butt and a bride veil on my front. Fake birds are chirping, and the workout class becomes the bridal party and officiant. Do you, core, take glutes to be your lawfully wedded glutes through pain in glutes and smells of a thousand sweaty glutes? A stomach gurgling sound. And do you, glutes, take core to be your lawfully wedded core through cramps of core and core fatigue? A fart sound. By the power vested in me, you may now kiss the, uh, uh, Sean fusses around on the floor, trying to figure out how to kiss her glutes and core, contorting her body. The wedding bells are playing as everyone on the stage looks uncomfortable and confused. Slow fade to blackout. Are you a fan of sketch comedy like Monty Python, Key and Peele, and Saturday Night Live? Have you ever wondered why their sketches are funny? Or maybe why that certain sketch didn't make you laugh. On the comedy podcast Sketch Nerds, we aim to answer those questions 
while having fun talking about the history and craft of sketch comedy. Every episode features a guest to help us break down our favorite sketches, as well as those submitted by listeners like you. So come nerd out with us and listen to Sketch Nerds at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. My name is Samantha Russell. I'm a sketch comedian, and I have a prop and costume hoarding problem. So I figured the best way to get it under control is to start a podcast. On Should I Keep This? I chat with other comedians about their experiences in comedy and our insane prop and costume collections. And on each episode, we both bring a beloved item to discuss whether it's a treasure or just trash. Sometimes it turns out no matter how much money or time we spent on a prop, the only thing we should be holding on to are the memories we've made along the way. So check out Should I Keep This? We have new episodes every two weeks available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, Sean. Hi. Uh, all right. So tell me about this sketch. First off, we, we probably need to go into a little detail of how you tried to like <laughs> kiss glutes and core. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> what was the, the actual physicality of that for you? Um, I was like, I was on my back on the ground. I feel like this. It's truly impossible, of course. I was basically just rolling around on my back um, and uh, trying to, I don't even know, honestly, it was so strange. Um, I kind of feel like it has to be like, I'm picturing it being like almost when you like that old like kid's joke of trying to bite your ear where like you're just trying to like catch it as quickly as possible, but like you'll, you'll never catch it. Yep. And um, yeah, the like wedding party, so to speak, is like behind me, just like looking more and more uncomfortable. And um, I'm just like, <laughs> um, just in a weird, uh, I don't know. It's a weird and physicality. I only, I only did it once on stage, so like I, I want to like do do it again and figure out an even stranger way to do it that isn't just like me and my rolling around on my back so how, how did this go like that first time you performed it? it it was good it was part of this uh my first like one woman show that i did literal days before lockdown happened so it was march 8th 2020 oh wow and i like i'm so thankful i got that show because i was working on it for like a full year i worked like was from the writing process to like getting it it was one woman plus a bunch of other people there was like a supporting guest but you were like it, it it's, it's that it's a thing of one person show yeah but i have people like it i'm the soloist here but there exactly. are like an ensemble around yep. yeah um so yeah it was just obviously like a lot of coordinating to get the people together and and rehearse and um it was mostly like uh musical comedy um but there were like a couple like like this sketch um i was just like a short a quick um like regular sketch as opposed to like having a musical element mm. um but yeah it went it went well on stage i i learned that i needed um for certain venues like the one i did it at was at magnet theater in in new york um 
because it it's like it's a pretty small theater but like big enough that like people in the back i think they couldn't like see mm. the the um whenever like i was on the ground slash when i had like the reveal of the veil yeah like, ripped off my sweatpants and there's like a veil on i had like it was a mini um oh, i wish i had them in here so you could see it was uh you know those like little things you can put on a champagne bottle um it's like a bride yeah yeah yeah. bridal, and then they have a suit and it's like people give them as gifts and and put them on a little champagne so i just got those um but i think it was like they were too small to see from like the back of the theater so next time i think i just have to make it like extremely obvious like get a big yeah go go all out right that's and that's something that i always have to remember myself like like, subtle subtlety doesn't always work live like yes uh there's this one sketch that i absolutely love and i i did it at a read through a couple weeks ago and and it didn't land and i was just like i can't this is too subtle i need it's basically a list sketch of like all these characters flaws but they're not that bad yeah like i need to go to the extreme like to make it work right where did the idea for this sketch come from? Like what, like what made you think of the core and the glutes getting married? Um, so I was, when I first thought of it, it was like way before I was even thinking of the, like a show, it was like writing a show. It was, it was probably like two years, a year or two before I started even writing um, the, the solo show. Um, but I, at the time I was uh, going to the gym a lot uh which is was like a new thing for me to like be consistent with the gym and and like I like hired a trainer like that was like that was huge because I was like I'm so I'm not that is a huge step like I'm not like for sure (laughs) it's like so much it's obviously time commitment it's like the gym was kind of like a long walk from where I was living I was in Brooklyn at the time so especially like when it was cold out like just like 20 minute walk to the gym like but I was like I stuck with it for for several months and and so um you know whatever once a week I would go in and and my trainer um would always just he would always say engage like we were focusing on like Mm -hmm. four because like I had none and uh, once again (laughs) I have none now since I've gotten out of it but at the time I I did um and the uh, he would always say like when we were doing squats when we we're doing whatever like any ab workouts he'd always say engage your glutes and and your core and that just like kept replaying in my head because like, I was like obviously always focused on those two things when I was working out and so um one day like after my session I went back home and I just like made this video this was before like reels and in the olden day times of 2018 and uh so I just you know it's like the regular horizontal video on Instagram which is wild to think and uh I just made this really quick uh video of, of me doing squats in the living room and um doing that just that beginning part my glutes and my core engaged my glutes and my core engaged to be married in spring so just like the obviously play on words 
Um, I just thought it was like the funniest thing. I had no other ideas than that sentence. Um, but uh, when I, I thought it was like hilarious. Like I'm laughing about it for a while. The next time I go in to the gym to tell my trainer, how I, I told him the idea. And he kind of just like looked at me like sort of like, huh. and then he was like, totally, totally serious. So I was like, but so are you really getting married? <laughs> <laughs> so safe to say we did not connect on a, on a um, spiritual comedic intellectual <laughs> level, but we were a good duo when it came to trading. But yeah, that, that was even funnier to me actually than the idea itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's go back to the beginning. What were you into growing up? What like what 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 was your comedy fandom? Or like as a kid? Yeah. Um, like or like let's start with like earliest memory of like, oh, this is funny on purpose. I've, I've like thought about like music like early music influences, but not as much comedy. Um okay, okay. I think the first like comedian I really remember watching um, was Carol Burnett. Um, Cause whenever I was home uh, from school, uh, like if I was like sick, mm. not staying home, I'd watch uh, TV land on the, on the TV and uh, the Carol Burnett show would always be on. And I just thought it was, I thought she was the funniest. Like I, and I haven't watched her in a long time, but I just remember seeing like a very silly woman on screen. And like, I was like, oh, like, I feel like that's, that's me. Like, I didn't have the thought, I don't think at the time, like, oh, I want to do this. Like, yeah. I want to be a comedian. Because um, I was always kind of more growing up leaning toward music and like musical theater. So I wasn't like so much on like the comedy side, but I always like, knew that I liked making people laugh and um so yeah I just like very much identified with her like um felt like she was also like a kindred spirit yeah. um later on Adam Sandler became like my number one like I would say he's my number one right now um because he does like musical comedy yeah. which is like what I ended up doing and and Maya Rudolph like somewhere in the middle of those like Carol Burnett and Adam Sandler. I'm Maya Rudolph like became <laughs> my one of my favorites. And like because I like flare my nostrils a lot and I like I do like very similar faces to her. Uh people started bringing to my attention that like I reminded them of her and I was like, "Oh my god. I'll take That's it." Literally <laughs> the best thing I could hear. So, yeah. I was just doing today a sweater weather a sweater weather uh video impression. At this dog cafe. I mean, it's a little too warm for sweater weather like today, but as we record this, but tomorrow is supposed to be sweater weather. Sweater and it's hot. Yeah. I, it's hot. Um, I ask everybody this because I'm always curious. So, since you brought up uh, Adam and Maya, who is your favorite SNL cast member of all time? Um, I'd have I would have to say Maya Runo. Yeah. I have to say. I her. assumed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many good looks. There's so many good ones. There, there is like, but I think she has to be it for me. The craziness <laughs> of the, the longevity of that show lasting 48 years so far, 
and how much talent has gone through that show like it's unparalleled okay i well i feel like also keenan because because also growing up i watched keenan and kel all the time it's hard it's hard to pick one i'll pick maya but then keenan's a close second okay um yeah because keenan and kel was like my jam and i remember like having such a crush on kel um and his orange soda um, but then, okay, I met Keenan though. Sorry, I go off topic. So go for it. But I literally met Keenan Thompson a few years ago, and like he was so kind, and he just like walked past me. I was I was volunteering at this event that he was like speaking at, um, and I was for Gilda's Club, mm-hmm. uh, and my roommate's really involved with Gilda's Club, and she she gets compared to Gilda Ratner a lot like they have like very similar looks and faces so she got me like involved with um volunteering there and um I didn't even realize that he would be there so I'm, I'm just like directing people like yes right this way like up the stairs and then Keenan Thompson walks by me and I'm just like oh I love Keenan and Kyle. like I didn't, I didn't know what to say but he was so kind and like was there probably for like over a minute which is a lot of time for someone of that thing of that caliber as a walk through to something to pause there for to talk to a volunteer that's yeah and it honestly didn't surprise me though because just as far it surprised me like because like famous people are busy have stuff to do but as far as like him i was like oh yeah that makes sense like he just see sometimes famous people still like seem even though you don't know them they seem like they're like genuinely kind people and not very many of them i guess but keenan is one of those people i feel like it's a bit weird but but yeah we do have those assumptions of like oh yeah that actor is definitely a good person like it's like an energy and yeah it's just so bizarre where 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 we have certain actors we're like oh no i would not want to hang out with him like yeah like see him in the the thing but yeah very much keenan yeah he seems like a solid dude he really, I mean, I'm telling you, from that one minute, I can tell you, he definitely is. <laughs> um, so we t- you mentioned about, you know, being musical comedian. So let's talk about the music influences. Like, what were you, what was mm-hmm. that growing up for you? Like, who who were your big shining lights for you? Music yeah. lights. Um, I, uh, growing up, I listened to like a lot of Elvis, a lot of, um, Aretha Franklin was like one of the earliest I remember like singing. Um, I just loved her voice and like would sing respect all the time. Um, but we would play, yeah, we would listen to a lot of Elvis, Aretha. Um, and then I guess like middle school age, we would always like me and my family would listen to a lot of classic rock because my, my brother got into classic rock and he's a couple of years older than me. So I just was like, oh yeah, this is this seems cool. And we would listen to it like on the way to family vacation every year. Like we'd do this road trip to Virginia. So we'd always like he would just put like a mix together and um Moody Moody Blues was on there. Queen. I don't know if those are actually classic rock, but yeah, um, I think they they've hit like classic rock point. Um and so yeah, like I, I definitely like enjoyed listening to those. It's like very nostalgic for me. Like 
whenever I hear those songs. But um, once I like became my own person and and started um, in high school, I like, started writing my own music. Um, there was a songwriting club, luckily, at my high school. And there was I a just, songwriting club. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's a new one to me for sure. It was like I feel like it's a a, a rare thing, or it was a rare thing at the time, at least. Um, because and this is this is a regular high school. This isn't like a yeah. performing arts. This isn't this no. isn't LaGuardia, like no, it's, or it Kappa was like, here in Philadelphia. Yeah, that was White Plains High School. <laughs> wow, White Plains, New York, uh, which is just yeah, like a uh suburb of the city and yeah they the, an english teacher there um started like was like is a songwriter and he um started this club because he was like oh we really could like i feel like this would be like great for the school and like it helped me so much because um i mean at the time like my songs looking back were god awful but uh at the time i thought they were great and it just like helped me like obviously gain confidence like yeah and you first start you're just like nervous to do it yeah it has to be the same as like having like the creative writing club or something like just getting those reps just trying it out like and and it's interesting to me that the an english teacher started it instead of like one of the music teachers yeah like and the idea of like coming at it as the music teacher like and i'm probably like blowing my own preconceptions into this but like he's going to come at songwriting differently than you know the band teacher or the choral teacher or whatever yeah yeah it's true i never really thought about that but yeah very very true i wonder if like he because i i always uh have written lyrics and and music like i play piano and like i like do it all together but i know that some people like write the lyrics mm. first. Everyone's different, so I wonder if like he, I'm still in touch with him, so I I'll ask him like if he like writes the lyrics first usually or there has to be yeah like yeah is it is it poetry set to music like yeah or music that finds the words later like yeah I'm always curious about that because I because I I don't understand music like I. I was very ignorant to it as a kid, so I never like really learned. Like, you could tell me something is like an A sharp, I will believe mm-hmm. you. Like, yeah. I don't have that like pitch ear like at all. Like, you know, people that can do like, you know, hit the note and know exactly what it is, like where in the octaves it, oh, whatever. Yeah. Like, no, I can't do that. I, I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. Be- I played trombone <laughs> for three weeks. That was okay. Well, hey. <laughs> That's more than a lot of people. So, um, all right, let's talk about musical theater because you mentioned that too. Um, yeah. Being a musical theater kid, I'm, I'm assuming you did like high school productions and maybe some community. Is there a favorite yeah. role that you've done within oh. your like musical theater life? Yeah. Um, well, I, I started doing it like at a camp because I didn't get into musical the first two years of middle school. So I was like, oh man. I, like, how was how that? I thought like in middle school, like everyone. I, I thought so too. But <laughs> there, there were two middle schools. There was like a okay. lot of kids. So. Okay. And I was, I didn't know like how to really sing. I, I then started taking voice lessons because I was like shouting everything. Um, so yeah, after I took voice lessons, I auditioned in eighth grade, got in. Um, so it really does help. Uh, but um, so I'm trying to think like 
out of out of the theater the, the like uh theater camp and like high school productions um i guess okay one of my favorites was senior year of high school i um we did damn yankees and there's this like there's a reporter she, it was like a supporting role but i had one song and like i, I was like since i was like a sophomore in high school like was like really like praying that I could get a lead but like I knew that she always gave it to mm-hmm. the director like always gave it to like the seniors especially for the women because there were more of us than men so like the men would always like would get lead parts even as freshmen but because there were less of them but um yeah the the females would like she usually did it like based on when you're graduating so I was like damn it so finally senior year I got um uh, this role of a it was like the reporter her name's Gloria I don't know if it's that well known of a character but she sings this song Shoeless Joe from Hannibal Mo. I don't know if you know it I, I don't know it's it's a super fun like it's just her and then all the, the boys like on the all the guys on the baseball team um and it's like Shoeless Joe from Hannibal Mo, who came along in a puff of smoke. Shoeless Joe from Hannibal Mo. It's like kind of like a hoedown song. So it was like, it was super fun one to like finally have a song of my own, like in high school. It's like, oh, yes. And also um, it was like a big dance number. And I always felt like self-conscious of of my dancing, like not, not anymore, but um, as like a high schooler, I, I just was like, they were always like the girls who were like super good at dancing. And then I just felt like I was like this like tall, lanky girl and like looked awkward. And so it was like a, a cool, um, I guess like helped me help my confidence with just like having to, first of all, being the only girl in the number and like just being uncomfortable, like doing any sort of dancing. Um, so it forced me to do it. And it was so fun. So freaking fun. Is there a role that you like in the world of musical theater now that you wish you could do? Like, um, like dream casting, like what would you want to do? Oh my goodness. I haven't put enough thought into this. Um, one that comes to mind is because my, my friends just saw funny girl and uh, the, I mean, I would love to play Fanny Bryce. <laughs> Already just sh- shooting for Leah Michelle, just taking over. Like, first she can't read, and now you want to take a role. That's okay. I know, you know. Um, I I can sort of read, so that's a one up. Um, but yeah, no, my friends who just saw it were like, "Oh, there was this one scene in particular that reminded me of you." I was like, "We were like, oh, this would be so good." So I actually like know hardly anything about uh, about the show, but except I would love to sing right on my parade. Don't rain on my parade um that's one that comes to mind i'm trying to think of all the musicals i've seen recently like we've me and my roommate have been doing the broadway lottery a lot um Mm. so we saw oh my gosh dear evan hansen that was freaking amazing that was one of the broadway lottery ones is that one of those shows that's like just much better alive than it what because apparently that film is awful 
Oh, I haven't seen the film. I haven't either, but like. But I'm sure it's better live because they do a lot of awesome like choreography and screen. There's like a lot of like screen stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they where, have all these. Where like all the coolness of it being theatrical doesn't necessarily translate onto like when you're actually just playing it in a school. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I would assume that um, the movie does not do it justice as much as, as the the stage version. Yeah, because the the music is, I I think it's so good. Like, I don't, I'm not too familiar with like the um the more recent like contemporary musicals. Um, mm-hmm. so it was cool to like, and that's like one of the more contemporary ones, and it was awesome to to see a show like that and love it so much because I didn't know if like I'm our school would always do older musicals so I was like and I, I'm like into jazz music and and like like jazz tunes from musicals so that's kind of like more I'm more familiar with that um so I was like oh man I don't know if I'm gonna like it because like some contemporary musical but then it was freaking amazing and terribly sad of course um but also just yeah this the the acting and singing it was all incredible i am ho uh i mean yeah contemporary musicals they're still doing good stuff like um, yeah as we get the touring companies come through philadelphia i'm trying to see as much as i can like uh (laughs) you know i don't expect to cry and stuff (laughs) but when it happens like like comfortable way like the, the end of it is that's that's because they if you have apple tv they they shot it like on stage as a, as a movie so you yeah. still get that theatrical oh. like experience okay. of it and it's really delightful and yeah awesome. because and it's because it's 9-11 so it's gonna right it's gonna hit at something it's gonna it was, hit, yeah it's gonna hit home for many people yeah uh but yeah uh, okay so where all right what starts first do you as a musical person, do you pursue music first or do you pursue comedy first? Like um, as you I, become an adult and start venturing into those spaces. Yeah. Um, I I started pursuing music first. Um uh I was initially gonna go into like to college for musical theater. Like I had applied to schools for it, and then like I just had this freak out moment, not even like I wasn't pressured by my parents like I, I don't know if it's like just like a general society pressure but I was just had it in my head like oh no I'm like I can't make a living that way mm-hmm. um I have to I just started like got in my head like I should be a music teacher instead and so I then like at the last minute started applying to all these schools for music ed instead and um was not at all what I wanted to do but like at the time I just I guess convinced myself that that's what I need to do like to have a stable job and it's funny because like now I don't have a stable job at all <laughs> I'm like performing mostly for a living um so just yeah at the time when you're 17 when you have to make like a humongous decision it is so, ap- absolutely bonkers and <laughs> our society thinks it's okay to let 17 year olds make any of those decisions yeah like i had no idea what i was doing yeah it ended up being a great like 
I, I truly hated the academic part of college. Like I just didn't like music ed. I didn't like, like there were only a few classes that I liked. And one of them was like a musical theater elective that I mm-hmm. took. Um, but it was, I'm still very glad I, I ended up going um, initially for music ed because um, that like I was in the music school and like that's where I met like all of my yeah. close friends like they're like still my closest friends now and and it's also like where I um like started taking I started taking jazz piano lessons um also an elective not part of my major um and and that like expanded my like musical growth like just just helped me grow so much as as a songwriter and um my music like really changed after I I started taking jazz piano um because before that i'd just taken like classical piano with the same teacher for like 10 years who was like pretty old school um just like church organist like had a very like set way of doing um so yeah jazz piano just, like blew my mind and um and that's like college is also where i started my band so like that like in college probably like my sophomore year junior year I was like oh this is what I want to do like when I started like getting better at songwriting and, and playing live it's like oh this is what I want to do I like want to be like a touring musician I want to sing my music like sing my songs for for the world with a band so I was like set on that for for years um and then comedy kind of came in like the- so yeah. how does where does comedy show up? Like how do you how do you start tiptoeing into the comedy world? Um, so I uh, I had thought about doing improv in college because there were some programs, uh, but I just like never end up doing it. Like whatever, I was lazy. I was too lazy. I was just not like I was like I'm, I'm just gonna do my bed, man. And um, so after college, and I ended up graduating with like a communications degree, which I don't uh, use in any way. Um, but, uh, I moved home after I graduated and, um, it, from Temple, Philly, and, um, I moved back to White Plains for a few years, uh, with, and with my parents and, um, I was like working as a bartender for six months only because I also <laughs> painted bartending. You know, you try things and it doesn't work out. And you yeah. try something. So, but bartending was hilarious, and um, I just prefer to to make drinks slowly and not have the pressure of people <laughs> staring at me opening a wine bottle. It's terrifying. So, uh, from bartending though, a friend I made had just started taking classes at this improv theater called Magnet Theater, and, and he was like, "I think you should do it," because like we would joke around and like. I was like, I always like knew like people thought I was funny and like loved to make people laugh, but like again, didn't really think too much like, oh, this is a career thing. Um, then he suggested he was like, you should you should really take classes here. So I like took their like free intro like just like a one time free intro class and so like, okay. So I ended up like going through all the levels and like. I'm just, again so glad I did that because that is that was like five years ago now 
um but and I was like super into improv for the first couple of years like any um like improv cult student. member cult member you can say cult member yes. you can say cult member it's fine truly truly a cult and so I was like oh yeah like once auditions came around like after I went through the program like that was like my thing I was like I need to make it and I was like crushed when I didn't make it onto a team and looking back now it's like oh no that's it's so silly that I was so sad <laughs> um but it it like really helped like uh, being in a comedy community yeah it so helped me like same thing with like songwriting club in high school like it just it it helped me like embarrassing yourself on stage so many times doing improv really like humbles you and and like kind of makes you feel like you can do anything after doing that um so so that's where I started getting more into um other forms of comedy like then I started like doing this sort of some of the, like the sketch program or like they had like sketch auditions um started getting into that and then I was like, oh, I, I don't know when I, oh, actually, I think it was watching Adam Sandler's uh, special that like, got me into musical comedy more. Mm. Uh, his like 100% fresh special, which was like the more recent one a few years ago. I think after watching that, I was like really motivated. I had written like some like little ditties, like, like short, silly songs. But, but once I watched his special I'd like literally cried laughing the whole time which I usually don't watching tv or anything um I was like oh this is like this is what I wanted though and it made so much sense because music like starting with music getting to comedy like oh this is these things go together yeah like these things can work yep um, so, uh, so what's the, so you mentioned this first show that, that you had right before the, the lockdown and the, the before times. Yeah. What is the like impetus to do this one person show? Like what's the, the drive there to be like, all right, screw it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, I don't even, I don't even remember like what if there was like a specific thing um maybe part of it was seeing uh being at the theater so much at magnet theater um performing there either performing there or seeing a show like i was there like every week um or rehearsing like with the team so i was like you're constantly around like other people doing their own stuff too so like so it's like improv shows there plus like people who self-produce um so so i was like surrounded by people just writing their own stuff and and a lot of solo shows um and and i saw some of them and it's like oh my god this looks like that was definitely part of the inspiration um like definitely wasn't out of nowhere i was like i'll do a one moment show this is the first person is yeah um yeah and um and I think doing, starting to get it more into like sketch. Um, I wasn't writing on a sketch team, but I was like, I did like a couple like sketch um, 
they had like a like a couple months program thing and so I was like acting on a team and then I was like oh I kind of want to write my own stuff and I didn't I didn't really have like a concept for the solo show when I started writing so I just kind of began to write some sketches and realized like just sitting at my computer alone wasn't the like wasn't the at least not the only way I like should do should approach like a full yeah. show so I I definitely did some of that like went to the coffee shop up the street like wrote some stuff um but then I also started like in incorporating music and um you know would have instead of just like recording little snippets of something that would pop into my head on my phone and just never look at it again I actually started like expanding on those ideas that that stuck out to me and were initially just like short snippets or like a little thing I would write on my notes app um picked my favorites and then it was mostly like songs I guess mostly like comedic songs and um and then once it was like to a point where it, it was I thought it was like solid enough to like bring to someone else to like get their feedback um that's that's when I started um when I reached out to Amanda and um and I was like oh I could really use like some guidance and um direction literally yeah and yeah and then we I don't yeah this was so long ago at this point but we it would like we would just meet up me and her for a while and then um yeah she kind of she gave me a lot of feedback on the sketches and um and kind of yeah like formatting the show and I yeah I had this concept for like a long time but I didn't know like what show it would be part of or what it, yeah what would it would be about um but I had this concept of because I'm late to like everything since I was a kid just like always late and and, and obviously it's extremely annoying and for everyone around you it's rude it's irresponsible etc but it's also like can be like charming like just like a funny like thing people joke about um so I was like oh this would be a great way to like open a show of some sort if I um if I was like late to my own show yeah that's part of the concept and in, in, or part of the intro and um so I had this idea of, of being on they're, they're announcing my name and then I'm just not there and then my parents because I always like involve my family and stuff when I can um so my parents like would be on the stage and it was like facetiming me and and um it's obviously pre-recorded but it would come up on the projector and it's like me on facetime with them and saying like I'm so sorry like I'm, I'm running late blah 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 and then I end up like it the video goes to like me running down the street and mm-hmm. kind of like inception like like then I run into the theater so it kind of like meets I don't know if that makes sense no I, I <laughs> totally see it yeah, yeah I see what you're I, doing. Thought, I thought that'd be like the coolest thing because it's like 
oh, she was on the video and now she's in the theater. And it's like, it all was like so seamless. So that ended up being the whole concept of, it was literally called, sorry, I'm late, the show. And that was like the whole theme, like that I, it, it wasn't a narrative piece in any way, but it was like in between the the sketches and songs. Mm -hmm. That was like kind of a, the transitions were like all about that and came together at the end. Yeah, it was, it was so, yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> so like my wedding, even though I'm not married. Uh, so that first big show of yours, like as that one person show, like, especially looking back of being that last weekend before the world falls apart completely, like, was that experience satisfying and did it hold you over like yeah. for a while as pandemic comedy wasn't a thing and yeah. wasn't optimal? Yeah, that's that is a great way of phrasing it because it it really did hold me over. Like I um of course there was like a lot of sadness attached too because I felt like I was after that show, like I said, I was like I felt like it was like my wedding night because I felt just so happy and, and proud of myself and and like just like felt so good obviously to see a full theater of, of people who mostly people like who love me and who I love you know <laughs> and and I felt like oh this is like something so special like I could do this again and I could I could like make money from this and and take it to different theaters um so I felt like yeah that momentum was like I was just like I felt like I was like just starting like my my comedy career after that show I was like yeah this is like what I wanted to um so so of course like a few days later when everything shut down I was like, it just kind of sunk in over the months like oh man like as as you're realizing oh this isn't just like a couple weeks thing it's like we don't know when we're gonna get out of it um so so it it was a bummer in that sense of just like feeling like I had started something really cool and special and and then it just like having to wait a couple of years till I could do it again um but it also held me over in the sense like I felt like a, a year of working on something to like actually be able to to put it on stage mm -hmm knowing that a lot of people had their own shows the following weekend or like coming up that like could never do their like like there was supposed to be a whole sketch festival sort of thing at magnet that never happened and um just whoever else had like shows booked um so i felt very fortunate to like to be able to to get that at least once on stage as opposed to zero times you know when it comes to ideas and like thinking of stuff like do you put more weight to and and i'm assuming and you can obviously correct me if i'm wrong and we can edit all this out like uh do you put more weight now to comedic ideas versus more since i don't know if it's the right word but more sincere ideas mm -hmm. for music like yeah pursuing both sides of that road yeah i do lately i have um and you know past 
few years and uh, I have been putting more focus on um, the comedy songwriting. Um, but I definitely, I definitely like sometimes feel a, a void um, as far as like the more um, serious songs, you know, like, um, which was like what I used to only write in, in college. And that, that was like my whole thing. Like I would, I just write mostly like super sad songs and, but, but it felt so good to sing them, especially like live. And I, we ended up like recording some albums too. And it felt so good to like get those emotions out too so I yeah I feel it's like sort of something missing sometimes so I I have been trying lately to be um pay more attention to like or, or just be more like in intentionally like okay I I'm gonna work on this like non-comedy song right now because especially if like at the, whatever emotions I'm having yeah. are telling me to do that um so yeah i i also feel like when i was mostly sad songwriting i was like not in a as good of a, like a mental like health state you were, um, in a, you were in a sad songwriting mindset yeah so so it like also makes sense that comedy not that i'm like always a happy chipper every day but it definitely like have a better head on my shoulders and I'm obviously older since that's how time works <laughs> but um yeah just learn more have learned more about myself and, and um yeah so like have you thought about the I mean as I mentioned like the you know both sides of the road of comedy versus of like and like I'm almost hating myself for like phrasing it this way but like of the <laughs> branding of like coming to a Sean Cantator show, like seeing either the comedy version or the non-comedy version, like, yeah. have, have you thought about that dichotomy? Yeah, I think about that quite a bit. Um, I, I feel I've always felt kind of, or not always, but ever, since I started doing a lot of comedy shows too, I've felt um, a little bit lost as far as like who the hell am I do, do I have to label like myself as just this thing just this um and and also like even aside from like what other people think of me I also like ask that to myself like just like yeah like am I am I more of like a funny person now like I don't know so um I I I've asked some people, my one friend was like, like, cause I was like, what do you think like my brand is one of my friends? And he was, he was like, I think, I think it's all of it. <laughs> like it's everything. And it's so simple, but like, that's true. Like it's very true. I, I, I see the value of like being able to like label yourself as something as far as from like a marketing perspective, um, like, if I'm like, I can't, I can't label myself. It depends on like the venue, the, the, yeah. whatever, you, you know? Um, but yeah, like I, I struggle with that also with like posting 
on on social media like i sometimes post heartfelt stuff uh but it's mostly like silly stuff and i'm just like ah like do people just think i'm this silly person like i want them also to hear my my serious music but like a lot of people who know me more as a comedian like don't even know that i i have like albums of of these songs that mean a lot to me so I, but you know, like I can't tell every person I meet, like this is all the stuff I do, and you should listen, and you should be a part of all. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. So it's difficult to know. I don't know, like yeah, like what do I call myself? I, don't I was about to say like almost creating like a stage persona for one side or the other, like yeah, right. I because. If you, if, and a weird example, but like you went to, I don't see Adam Sandler's show. And yeah, this is a bad example, but like, and it was all that Chris Farley song where he is being sincere. Oh, and there, there's a little yeah. bit of funny to it, but like he's being as sincere and as real as Adam Sandler will ever be. Yeah. Like people are like, that's not funny. But since we all look Chris Farley, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, that's very true, right? Like, I wonder if if people who who have all like are a fan of my comedy and don't know my other music, if they came to see a show, right, and they were like, "Oh, it's all this," like they might they might not be a fan, which is okay. But um, but I I would love for to be able to do yeah like it's it's difficult like for a comedy festival or like a, a show label as comedy I it's not like I'm gonna do like yeah so I'm gonna do half songs like really really <laughs> like, um you're gonna be crying and then half like scared you know it's like that obviously is is odd and but I I at least want to like have some I don't know sometimes like a more serious element or like more like sincere like you said like I don't know like connect because I people can relate obviously people relate to comedy a lot too like but I don't know sometimes it's it's good to have like at least one thing that's yeah like you like you said like Adam Sandler's thing like it was like a perfect amount I thought of like heartfelt right. but if he had done that like kind of heartfelt like sincerity throughout the show instead of yeah being the Adam Sandler that we've known <laughs> for the last 30 years yeah I, I feel like people would be mad almost like definitely um so tell me about bring your own bob oh yes bring your own bob um so that's me and my roommate I mentioned earlier Nicole Nicole who Bester. I've talked to before. Oh my god, you have? Yeah. I didn't even realize. Oh my yeah. god, I have to tell her after because I was like, I didn't even tell her who it was because I didn't know she knew you. <laughs> That's I mean, so funny. Yeah. Uh, you guys have met? Like 2019? Yeah. At a, at a festival? Um, I saw, I saw, uh, what is it called? I saw the Parent Trap show <gasps> at like NY, NY Sketch Fest. Yep. It's so good. 18, I'm gonna assume. Okay. And yeah, then I a... and then I talked to the both of them on the podcast oh. shortly after that. 
you right. I remember you were saying in the email you were you were saying how you were going to see our show. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, but I didn't even think anything of it. Like that you knew Nicole, but that makes so much sense. Um, yeah. So so we started um, performing, like doing musical improv. Um, or actually, no, our first sorry, our first. Um, uh, show together was 2019 so we only met in 2019 and and became like we so met I, I talked to her before you even met uh, you literally have episode known her 111 yep <laughs> okay you've known her longer than me that's insane wild i know it feels like we've known each other forever because like we became so close so quickly um and of all places we met on the magnet theater facebook page mm-hmm. uh, i was asking i was inquiring about uh improv for senior citizens because i was like i love senior citizens and like i used to like perform music at at assisted living homes i was like once i got into improv i was like oh i would love to like do improv workshops with or just like something like fun like incorporate that um and then i asked inquired on on the facebook page and and i don't know if you do you know james quesada i know the name i I don't think we've ever met he's the director actually of yeah uh the parent trap show yeah and, and a great friend and um he tagged nicole was like oh she's done this at, at, with gilda's club so uh we we like messaged and um i was like oh can we meet up like we were we decided like we'll meet up in person and um <laughs> to talk about improv with elderly people so we met up and then didn't talk about it at all but started <laughs> our own musical so, uh, yeah, I guess you can see it was meant to be. And to this day, we haven't discussed elderly improv. Um, but uh, we, from there, like, realized, like, oh, we have a lot of the same interests, love musical theater, love being silly and, and um, doing musical improv and all that. So we, we started a, um, a duo. We did, like, a cabaret-type duo show. Um, and then from there, uh, just like started mostly doing musical improv. And it was like mostly like Magnet and Pitt. Um, but I, like neither of us had ever like had a musical improv like uh, team. Yeah. I, uh, that was like that we felt like that, like um, like that much chemistry. Because um, like there's like certain it's hard like you're put on a random team sometimes like in classes and, and stuff like like you never know if you're gonna jive with people but me and her just really gel on stage and um and in real life too obviously so just being friends in real life like helps so much when you, you're comfortable with someone so yeah we we started that like th- literally three years ago this month it was like our first thing and from from musical improv and we started like doing sketches i moved in with her um two years ago so like we got each other through the lockdown with like just doing like kind of improvised sketch videos basically and from there we started writing like out like sketches from our improv um and we just recorded everything because we were it was just basically a, a real life sitcom in our apartment and um 
we then ended up doing the DC improv show from, from all those were all sketches that we wrote via um, like expanded upon via our improv. So, yeah. Was that like, the, the first live show of this, like, of that sketch duo? Like, yeah. How did that, that go going to a different city? Um, it was like it versus was... like your home crowd of, you know, oh, at Magnet yeah. or Pit, like, right. Wow, that's so true. We have not done this sketch show here yet. Um, yeah, it's so weird to think. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really cool. It, it, it was definitely weird to like perform in front of people, like mostly people we didn't know. There were a couple people in the audience, like who we knew, who just like are in DC. But yeah, kind of like. We were like, we don't know what to expect. Like, are they going to think we're funny? Our stuff isn't like, like, it, it's odd. And I mean, everything's odd, I guess. But it's not like we're like, all right, these are the sketch rules. Like, sketch 101, we don't go by that. Um, we do rule of four. Rule of four, of course, in comedy. Uh, but yeah, we, we like didn't know if they would laugh at all. And, and obviously, when it's strangers, you're going to get a genuine reaction from them um but it ends up going really well like uh it was a i probably a a mixture of confusion and laughter in the audience for we did two shows in one night um yeah so i i had a great time i think nicole did too <laughs> like we felt we felt great after we had also like a musical element to one of our sketches which was awesome um and you know, like incorporate some improv in in there too, um, which you can't do with everyone in sketch. You know, like again, if it you're comfortable with someone, you can yeah, kind of feed off there. You don't want to do improv with me, like <laughs> I, it won't it won't work well. <laughs> I'll torpedo that so fast. <laughs> I always say no. I always say no. No, but yeah. but, but yeah, we. We had a great time. We we had we learned a lot too, like of what we need to do for next time. And and luckily we had a second show, so like we changed up some things that didn't work in the first show. Like yeah, you almost had the immediate like ability to improve and learn like (laughs) within that hour difference between yeah. So the bouncing act of doing the solo musical stuff, starting with the duo with Nicole whatever else you're going to do at magnet and hanging out with whatever other project shows up like mm-hmm. is there a part in your head of like dividing what idea of of comedic ideas going to going towards song going towards the duo going towards whatever else um no no to be honest i don't have like a, <laughs> my brain doesn't work struck for that structured in, in a structured way unfortunately i wish i wish it did um but yeah i i kind of just go with like what naturally comes which is frustrating sometimes because i'm like like i then i feel like i'm just like waiting for something to pop up in my head um but it mostly has worked because me and nicole will like think of ideas together a lot of the time like when we're just 
conversing, telling each other stories, whatever. Um, or, or we'll think of it on our own and then text the other like, oh, this is like, we just know it's like, oh, it's perfect for bring your own bomb. Um, and then like, as far as, yeah, like the songs usually just come, like I'll, I'll record an idea that I have for a song because it's usually like I'm not in my room. Like my creativity doesn't really come from me like, I wish no. I could like, no. set up. Yeah. No. It, it, <laughs> you know? Anyone who does that is a psychopath. I know, that can like, just sit in front of a blank screen and write something out. It's it, it's, it's always like a, when you're out in the world, like exactly. quickly like yelling at your voice memos to like remember the idea, like notes yep. apps. You know, that's that's how moleskin bilks make so much money. Our dumb little comedy writers trying to remember stuff. Like Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's true. Like, and it makes sense. Cause like, it's coming from real life. Like com- you're, whatever you're writing is coming from, from a, at least somewhat from like an, an experience you've had or, or have heard of. Um, so yeah, like I'll, I have trouble just being in, in my room and, and it's small, you know, it's like New York apartments are small. So like, it's like, just like, I feel like, so like, Oh, I can't do this. Um, so it's nice to be like out in the world, have an idea, record it, then later on figuring out like, okay, yeah. like the the chords, like, oh, so actually this is an interesting thing. I'm just realizing talking about it because usually like my previous music, the, the non-comedy stuff, I would just sit at my keyboard, mm-hmm. like, like think of a song because, but I would like be feeling whatever sort of way and it would all come out but it's interesting to see the difference because with comedy it's it's usually i'm not sitting anywhere near an instrument i just am thinking of like a melody and then put figure out the chords later the music part of it that's so cool very cool well i I would have to imagine that like comedy music the lyrics are way more paramount than the music like yeah like I, I feel like you know, the jokes that you're hitting are going to be more verbal than like, you could do like the Victor Borga like, like the you know odd no- notes and yeah. everything. But yeah, that's that is true. Like the the lyrics are more, I don't know, more important I guess than to to the yeah to what you're trying to get across. But I will say, the the cool thing about doing music first it's been it's been like um fun to to put like like piano like the piano accompaniment along with a comedy song that i like also would put in a serious song you you want you want to have good music yeah because i feel like attached to your funny lyrics exactly because any can you i i could write funny lyrics but the music would be trash like <laughs> like it would be like like it would almost be like parodies of like chopsticks like just ding ding, ding like because i don't whatever yeah no but, it's i do notice this with some musical comedy that i see just like i guess i don't know that i've seen live and stuff where um the music is like pretty boring like i feel like that's like a might even be like a stereotype in 
with people like who in like the comedic songwriting whatever like world that like the music is like boring or or not or it's like you don't have to be a good musician to like yeah. write comedy music which is true but I'm glad that I I feel like the feedback I've gotten from people is like oh but also like this is like a beautiful song <laughs> right like You're you can right hang your you can hang your hat too. and be proud of like isolating yeah. the music the the musical way and it still be enjoyable yeah. on its own which i'm so glad because i was like until someone mentioned that i like wasn't i wasn't really thinking about that but after now that i am i'm like oh yeah like i'm trying to be like more put more intention behind the <laughs> piano you know? I know. uh all right so as we're wrapping up uh i ask a couple more questions and they're yeah. a little deeper uh, so oh. what's something that you've learned in your time in comedy that you would pass on to a new writer? Oh, it's a great deep question. Oh, um, okay. Well, first thing that comes to mind is um, to, to practice not judging yourself um, while you're writing. Um, I mean, also ever uh which is of course impossible to do but um i i have become more aware of like when i'm just actively judging my own uh writing as i'm like writing a song or or typing out a sketch or something um because whenever i've done that it it just slows me down and it 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 usually makes me like stop and just be like, oh, like, like this isn't good. Or like, I can't, I'm not good. Like I just go through these phases of like, oh, like I'm, I'm not, I don't, as, as a singer too, like I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, like I'm, I'm not where I wanted to be like vocally. Like, um, but, but especially with writing, it's, it's like you, it's not going to be amazing the first time probably. And it's probably not going to be amazing or funny to like any, like other people you show it could, it might like after like the first five times you like revise it or whatever. Yeah. Um, But, but the point or the most important thing is just like that you keep doing it and keep writing. And um, like I said, my songwriting in high school songwriting club, like, terrible oh Looking same back, thing I'm with like, me like oh, my my creative oh. writing in high school is like <laughs> i i actually found it and i was like oh this is yipes like yeah it's like cringe but then it's like if i had not if i had just stopped then because i was like well this isn't good now so might as well stop like yeah, right i think that's what stops a lot of people in especially in the creative world from pursuing what they want to do just i do it all the time like it's something i always have to like beat into myself is like your first draft is a first draft like it doesn't have to be perfect yeah you shouldn't be editing as you go because you'll never finish like yeah. get a draft out like and and then fix it exactly like, and yeah and having someone else um read especially someone who like might I mean, I, I have like close friends and, and family read stuff sometimes or or like listen to whatever. It's usually like a song I'm showing. Um, but but having someone maybe like not super like as close with you too, like 
like that that's what I found the magic came from my my one woman show when I started working with Amanda as the director and like other people in the cast like that's when like the magic came out I was like oh like putting it on its feet and like getting other people's ideas is that like it just it it made it go to a whole new level so Uh, yeah yeah yeah, that idea like once it gets a little more real Mm -hmm. it definitely feels real right and like the fun part comes in like oh being on the stage at least that's the fun part for me (laughs) some people are behind the scenes and then uh finally you know even though you do also pursue the more sincere side of music uh and after after pursuing sincerely you know throughout college and everything finding improv and letting it comedy get your hooks into it why comedy why is comedy taken hold um as much as it has in the last few years um i think i think it's because it's like what i like on stage that's what i feel like that's when i feel the best like when i'm making myself laugh and the audience laugh um like that's when i feel like i'm most myself and and like um it just it feels right like it before comedy like music was what i thought felt right but now that i've experienced that too i'm like oh no this is at least right now like it could change but but this is like what i feel like i'm when when you're like okay what's like everyone has like their own gift and i'm like okay this seems like like the gift i can give to the world is this right now like this is what i want to focus on and and it's so important to like follow what you feel best doing you know mm-hmm. and yeah there's just and also like I'll, most of the time on stage like i don't have other like I have like intrusive thoughts a lot. So like those just don't really come in when I'm on stage, like, which is like the only time they don't come in. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. Nothing like badgering me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's nice to be able to stay out of your head and just, just do yeah. it and make people laugh. Yeah. All right. That was very gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Thank you so much, Josh. Sean Cantatori will be performing at Philly Sketchfest on Friday, October 21st in the 10 p.m. block. Tickets available at phillysketchfest.com. On Saturday, October 22nd, she heads to Washington, D.C. to perform at the D.C. Art Center with Rails Comedy. Then, October 28th and 29th, she heads to Greenville, South Carolina at the Alchemy Theater. Follow Sean on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Sean Cantatori. And like I said at the top of the episode, Philly Sketchfest is coming back with two nights of live shows on October 21st and 22nd. Friday at the Playground of the Adrian, Saturday at the Skinner Studio at Plays and Players. Then, a virtual film festival on Facebook on Sunday, October 23rd. All of the information is at phillysketchfest.com.
My First Sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com. Follow Philly Sketch Fest on Instagram at phillysketchfest. The music of this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like My First Sketch on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy. Especially Philly Sketch Fest this weekend.